Charlotte Soccer Show. John Hayes, David Rams. I'm not in the house. I'm, I'm very far from the house, my friend. But you, sir, were in the house tonight at the Keep. A 3-0 Charlotte FC win. It almost feels too good to be true, Danny Rams. After what happened Saturday night against Columbus, 16 minutes played after what felt like a 16-hour delay. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, things are back on track. And Charlotte FC is in a playoff spot as of this recording time. The live table says, Danny Brams, that Charlotte FC is in the playoffs. So just to set the stage, I'm in Denver. And as of this moment, I'm at the Denver International Airport. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you how I watched the match. And you'll appreciate how I watched the match I, I can't tonight. wait. But I want to hear how you watched the match tonight and what your night was like in the stadium in front of another packed house on a Wednesday night, dude. Charlotte is a soccer city. We mm-hmm. say it all the time on the show. And tonight was another example. But that's not hyperbole. It's true. Yeah, it was the town showed out and showed up and showed out for sure. We were a little worried probably about 15 minutes before kickoff. It looked a little thin there at the keep, and I just figured it was a traffic issue. A lot of people getting off work and trying to get there. I'm sure a lot of people were like, yeah, it's, they, there was rain in the forecast, so maybe some people thought the game would start late. Maybe d- didn't book quite as much time and didn't try to get down early because they were worried about the weather. But it filled out. And by the middle of the first half, by the second half, it, it was rolling. The party was on. The fiesta was great. It was nuts. We had beer showers. I got pegged. I took the roughest beer shower peg that I've had so far this season. Like, and I, I, I learned a little bit. I, you, you remember those? Did you shrug it times? off though? I shrugged it off, of it? course, because it would be hypocritical for me to complain about it because I've always been like pro beer shower. But like, this gave me some insight on what people who are very anti beer shower are going through because I got pegged right at the end of the, at the end of the match. I got hit hard with a full beer right in the shoulder, spilled all over me, spilled all over JPP who was in the house with me. And, that was crazy, but that, that was incidental because the match was amazing. A dominant win. At one point, we had like 14 shots to their three, seven on goal to their zero. It was just rush mode. DC is bad. We knew they're bad. And Wayne Rooney could do nothing. At one point, after Carroll's goal, when we were up 2-0, the whole supporter section started going, fuck Wayne Rooney. F Wayne Rooney. It was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. I don't know if Wayne heard us, but I, I hope he did. I hope he found out about that chant at least later. And you know me, when we win, we sing. So I got a little song for the people. I got to say, moving on up into the Eastern Conference playoff position. You know? <laughs> oh, man, you got me. Well done. Well played. And, I, I, you know, in, in the spirit of the moment, Today became the first official. And we talked about it on the show, Dan. He's one of our own. He's one of our own. Brian Romero. He's, He's one, one of our, our own. own. Amazing. Right. It's true now. Now, you know, we, we've, we've said that. We've had fun with it in the past. But he, he signs his first official mm-hmm. club contract today on a day that Charlotte FC wins. After the Chelsea match, every time the club would tweet out something about Romero, I would just jump in with a reply, sign him. You know, don't tweet about him. Sign him. And they finally did. So good good on the club for getting that business done. Real quick, I've got a blonde ale here. There's only one bar open in Terminal A in the Denver airport right now. <laughs> and you bet I'm here. 
Yeah. And you, you bet I'm here and, I, and I'm celebrating this, this huge win tonight. And I you're about to jump the- on a red eye, right? We should, we should note that we're recording this at midnight Eastern, 1030 out there. You got a late night flight ahead of you. The dedication that you're showing to get out this post-match episode so that our TFOs and anybody else who wants to listen can have this thing in their feeds first thing tomorrow morning to celebrate when they're driving to work after a midweek victory. You do it for the fans, man. I'm proud of you. I know probably not convenient to be sitting there in an airport bar trying to do a podcast and you're crushing it. Well, I'll tell you what, someone asked me this morning and I'm out here for work. I'm in Denver for work. I have a couple busy days preparing for the NFL season at the athletic. And one of my colleagues asked me this morning, how are you doing? What's going on? How are you feeling this morning? I said, bro, it's Charlotte FC match day. I'm feeling great. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got to make sure that our meetings wrap up by 5 p.m. Mountain time because <laughs> I got to get to the brewery. I got to open up my laptop and I got to watch the game on ESPN Plus. And that's exactly what I did. I went to I love it. Ratio Beer Works in Rhino, Denver, which is the River North District, a really awesome part of town. Love it here in Denver. I knew that would be a good spot with good Wi-Fi. Posted up, opened the laptop, watched on ESPN Plus. The vibe that I got early and often from this squad was Carol Swiderski came to play mm-hmm. tonight, Danny Brands. There's just, okay, we, we know that he is Charlotte FC's designated player, but a lot of times we take for granted that he is Charlotte FC's best player. Not right. by a little bit, by a lot. Right. If, if there's if there's any European scouts out there, yeah, like anyone who's coming to look at this squad from a of a top level world football perspective, he's the one that's going to bring them to the to to check us out. Now, now I'm saying some other guys can't impress, but you're right about Carol. And throughout the season, we hold Carol to a high standard. We've criticized him when he wasn't delivering results, and we've absolutely showered him with praise when he comes through. And tonight was beautiful, and I loved. He scored going the other way. There was no repeat of the the throne celebration where he ran up the throne because he was running the other direction after he scored it. But I loved it. He was looking up. He had his hand hand over his eyes and pointing to the stands, saluting the fans. He was saying, I see you. Like He was like, I see you, fans. He wasn't pointing at anyone specific. He was waving his finger around like to everybody. And like he's growing into being the, the talisman, the, the the face of this club. And like, he's a young guy. He's not, he's never had this pressure before where he's been the man on a club and he's growing into that role. There's been times when he hasn't delivered. And yet one of the big things we've criticized him for is body language. There's so many times all night. And it, especially after his goal, a cross comes in. It's a bad cross, had no chance to get to him. He's putting his hands up, saluting the cross. He's clapping for his fullbacks just for the idea to send it in. Even if it didn't get there. He was happy to see the attempted service and he's just becoming Charlotte FC. Like we've always, I've never, I can't call it a love hate relationship. I would, I would maybe call it a hot cold relationship with Carol at times, but it's hot, baby. It's red hot. <laughs> I would call it a results relationship. Right. Mm-hmm. And we, we always talked about this from the beginning with Carol's first tonight. His goal wasn't impressive. What was impressive was Reina's volley and Ooh. his shot off right. what was an unbelievable tackle from McNeil, a <laughs> oh, good look from Ben Bender. It was a beautiful goal, but the key was is that Carol Spigurski was in a position that mm-hmm. he needed to be as the striker to clean up the mess and score the goal. So right. for me, and we've talked about this from the beginning of the season, is that the striker's position in soccer is very, very simple. You either score goals or you don't play. 
So mm-hmm. anytime Carol Swarovski scores a goal for Charlotte FC, it's a time to celebrate. Mm-hmm. And tonight is one of those nights. And it's scouting too. You got to give some credit to the coaching. I mean, it's not like he wouldn't have been in an attacking position anyway, but you have to think that the coaches hammered home the message that this guy, Rafael Romo sucks in goal for DC. He's given up three goals every single game. They always concede within the first 15 minutes of the game, which they did again tonight with an own goal this time. And you got to know Romo's going to spill it. The, the reason that we scored the own goal is because Romo spilled it into, you know, his own defender's face. And we scored off Steve Birnbaum's face or whatever. But he spilled Yordi's shot, and Carroll's right there to clean up the mess, like you said. Yordi with the technical, take it off the chest, drop it down, half volley, send it a freaking laser. And even though Romo made a nice diving save on there, he had no chance to get out into like a less dangerous position and Carroll was right there. You saw Tom Bogert, one of the, the best MLS reporters, said Quinn McNeil creates his goal. You heard, I listened to the replays of Eric and Lloyd calling the game and Lloyd was like shouting out, he's like, Quinn McNeil made this goal so well done from the young man. And, and it was awesome. And then he ends up getting a goal later, absolutely tremendous on a, on a beautiful play. And we went nuts. Life is beautiful. I, I, it just was such a good night. I never wanted the night to end. It was just, I just had such a good day from start to finish. I met friends, hung out. This is a nonstop good day. I'm just at here at midnight 30 on the East Coast. I don't want to go to bed. Still, I'm still like buzzing over everything that's happened today. I'm absolutely loving life. And I want to ask you, what was it like to hear? Because we don't often get to because they're blacked out here. It, when If you're watching a game in Charlotte, what was it like to hear Eric and Lloyd's call? Like, what did you get? to sort of learn more about the way they call games because we don't really get too many opportunities. Well, tonight was was special because you saw early today on social media, not only from 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 Lloyd and Eric, but from Jess and Will as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, people who work for the club who were showing up to call the action on Saturday night, who had to sit there for hours and hours and hours, call 15 minutes of action and then go home and have to come back and do it again. You could tell that there was a sense of urgency, not because of pressure, but because of excitement, right? The, the storms stayed mm-hmm. away from uptown yep. tonight. And they got a chance to be on the mic because you can tell they love being on the mic mm-hmm. and they love Charlotte FC. So it just really comes through. It mm-hmm. does. And I just want to give a shout out to the production team as well because the production is strong. Remember, Charlotte FC has one of the best local productions in MLS. Yeah. And we should make sure that we give the right credit to not only the broadcasters, but the producers behind the screen. Of course. And of course, the graphic operators, the directors, that production is fantastic. What we do with the graphics superimposed over the top row of unsold seats is unlike anything. Groundbreaking. It's groundbreaking. It was was bragged up. People from the team said, you're going to love this. This is going to be one of the coolest things. And that prediction has proven true. It's absolutely great to watch replays. It's all part of this club. I saw those tweets that you referenced. Lloyd Sam. I'm so excited to get to the club to call this game. Jess Charman was like, get me to this damn booth. I need to call it, you know, like such good stuff. And that fed into everything. Like you're right about the storms because we were at the tailgate. I was down on McNick Street early in the season. We established our our east side roll in routine and it's it's always great. And we probably will do that next game now that once you get back in town. But, I, you know, I went over to the supporters tailgate. I've gone there a few times recently. It delivered everything I thought it would, you know, it, it, I never had any doubt that it would be great. And it is great. You know, we have multiple great ways to pregame for this club, which is awesome. But down at the tailgate on McNick, 
We're looking around. I'm drinking beers. We're looking around. We're looking at the clouds. We're just, you know, hey, is you see, you see lightning? Does it feel like lightning? There's some darker clouds starting to gather and swirl, and yet it all just stayed away. There, there was no rain. There was no lightning, and that 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 sort of like fed into our energy of the march. We start going on the march. The march is picking up steam, and the energy was amazing. The drummers are all killing it. The, the chant leaders, again, every single moment of this day from start to finish. And I even, at one point, it was so hot. I mentioned it that uh, I was red hot with Carol. I was red hot inside. I actually had to take a break. I had to sort of like duck into the supporters bar in mid first half because I was just so overheated and I hadn't drank any water. And I was like, I need some water so badly. So I actually had to like, 20, after the after we the own goal, we're up 1-0. I had to... I had to duck out because I, I was overheated. My core, my core temperature was reaching a critical a mass Chernobyl style. I had to get the hell out of there. But the good people at the stadium took care of me. You know, we protect the keep. We we defend the keep. They gave me the, the one of the uh, the bartenders saw that I was in a little bit of a bad way. I kind of like stumbled up to the bar asking for water, and she goes, "No, here's two waters. Don't even give me any money. Just get yourself right." I poured one all over my head, chugged the other one. I was well on my road to recovery. Felt great. Yeah, a couple things here. Actually, a trio of, of comments that I had is that the first thing is that we don't give enough credit to the staff mm-hmm. at the key, especially the bartenders at the supporters bar. Every single time I go to the team and I grab a beer, they're just good people. They're, mm-hmm. they're not like, why am I here? They're they're part of the environment. They they enjoy the atmosphere, mm-hmm. and they you can sense that they are part of the energy. So so first and foremost, I think we haven't done a good enough job of shouting out the people that work at the keep to to take care of us on a night like tonight. And secondly, what I what I want to say is that yeah, I, I'm in Denver tonight. I, I'm not at the match, but the fun thing for me about this show is that when one of us is on the match at the match, when you're at the match, I feel like an extension of me is at the match. So that, that to me is just so exciting. I, I get to, I get to, and remember, y'all have, you know, this is, this is a passion project, this podcast that we do. So when I have work trip to Denver, I got to fucking be there. Okay. And, 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 and it pains me to mm-hmm. not be at the match night, but to know that you're there and to be able to experience what you experience through your eyes, through your ears, and to hear about you talk about it, that makes me excited. And then the third thing I've got to say to you right now is that we've got a new nickname on the show. Yes. We got a new nickname on the show. Love it. Quinn City. Quinn City, baby. Shout out David Raleigh, one of our followers on, on uh, Twitter, threw that out. And I'm 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 on board. I'm fully on board. Quinn McNeil, Quinn City, baby. Let's go. This is his city tonight. Mm-hmm. This is this is was was he man of the match? Was, was he was he man, man of the match? match oh yeah, he was cor- he was cor- coronated afterwards for sure. Got to I, I I there was two and the crowd like it was just a massive crowd around the throne. I wanted to get down and get a picture of him getting coronated, and I was like, I'm gonna have, be throwing so many elbows, they're gonna toss me out of this damn stadium if I try to get up close. So I took a picture from kind of far away, but I don't mind. I'm happy that everyone crowded around and made the kid feel loved. Absolutely incredible. Tell me, and I need to take a look at this, and this is really important because we have enjoyed talking about Charlotte FC's home field advantage, but it's time to be realistic about this, and it's time to discuss the historical significance of tonight's play. At Optijack, one of the most important 
Twitter handles that you can follow if you like soccer. The official Twitter page for stats performs North American soccer coverage, right? And tonight they tweet, Charlotte FC is the third expansion team in MLS history to win eight of their first 11 home matches, joining Atlanta United in 2017 and Chicago in 1998. It's a big deal what Charlotte FC has been able to do at home. And since we brought up Atlanta United, just want to take a look at the standings because we talked about Charlotte FC in the live table. And after all matches are finished up tonight, Charlotte FC remains in that seventh position. Tied on points with Inter-Miami. But remember, remember that in MLS, the win column is more important than the goal differential. Right now, Charlotte FC has nine wins, which makes sure that they're ahead of Inter-Miami on the table. Where's Atlanta? Where's it? I'm scrolling down. I don't Danny see Rams. him. I can't, I can't find him. him. I can't find him. I, I can't find him, Danny Rams. Oh, 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 there they are in 12th place. Yeah. How the mighty have fallen. Atlanta United, the former standard bearers of MLS and, and certainly of, of MLS 3.0, uh, as some people, you know, the old schoolers like to call it. Yeah, they've fallen on hard times. They're a mess. They're a team adrift. Their most recent South American signings haven't really worked out for them. You know, Tiago Almada is a good player, but he's a bit of a head case and he's making waves and pissing the coach off. And you go back to Ezekiel Barco, a guy that Atlanta brought in a couple of years ago. All he did was sleep with a teammate's girlfriend and, and Brandon Vasquez and force him to want to leave Atlanta. And now he's like making his case for the U.S. men's national team. And now that he's going to Cincinnati, he's bagging in goals. So... Yeah, things that didn't uh, go too well and are not going too well in Atlanta, and I don't really care. I'm happy about it, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, I can't wait to beat them again. It's something that we talked about. There is a competition within the competition. Charlotte FC and Atlanta United, we haven't come up with an official Derby name for that yet, but we'll find one. I love where we're at in the table right now, and I think I just want to tease ahead to a couple of things that I need to get your opinion on, right, in, on, on tonight's episode. Uh, I, I need to get your opinion on the latest with Sergio Ruiz and his move back to Spain. I need to, to get your opinion on the departure of Christian McCoon mm. as well. Uh, Storylines that are not front of mind after tonight's big win, but still, nonetheless, very, very important. But before we get there, before we get to the off-field happenings, let's break down into a bit of a tactical discussion, right? We talked about McNeil. We talked about Spiderski. I, I want to get your take on Christian Latanzio, his starting formation, your tactical analysis from the tactical view. You're behind the net. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You had, for you, sure. had, you, you, you had the view of the spacing. When I'm watching on TV, that's not the best angle for me to look at our tactics and say this is working or this, this is not working. One of my big takeaways from the starting lineup tonight which, by the way, was the same starting lineup mm-hmm. as the postponed game against Columbus. I, I was. Were you surprised to not see Fuchs come back in? He's no. no he's no longer suspended, so I, I was shocked that he was not uh, was not in. I was shocked that Mora started again over Fuchs, to be honest. You've heard me talk about Anton Walks in the past. He's an undroppable at center back alongside Guzman Carujo. Therefore, Christian Fuchs is having a really hard time finding a position yeah. in this 11. He's He's getting burned at left back. The red card is you, you can explain it away as he just kind of had to do it to stop a goal. But 
I'll be honest. I don't think that was a very smart red card. I don't, you know, we were getting killed by Toronto, maybe. So you just, what's one more 1v1 with the keeper? You know, you might as well keep your ass on the field instead of just take a guy down and get tossed off. He's a leader. He sets the tone. But physically, he doesn't really deliver the results that he used to back when he was winning the Premier League. That's just the fact of the matter and the matter of the fact. He can still place a great ball. I would say that it doesn't really matter what I thought about Fuchs being out. Because Jog and Joe Mora played his ass off. I mean, wow. the, it, if McNeil had not been man of the match, it certainly would have been Carol Svidersky, obviously. But I would make a case for both fullbacks. Afool and Mora, they owned the wings. They owned the wings. And part of that is just down to how bad DC is. And DC played really tight and compact and sort of gave up the wings to us. And we took them. And they crosses were coming in from everywhere, overlapping runs. Jog and Joe, you know, pass to Reyna, then run past him and get a return pass and send in a cross. Affle was sending deep balls over dudes' heads to Gaines and, and Gaines showing his insane speed and beating guys to long balls and things like that. Did you like see that. the SOPA score ratings? I haven't seen the final. I saw the halftime ratings that you posted. You won't believe. I mean, this is absurd to look at these SOPA score ratings tonight. I'm looking them up now. Harrison Affle, 7.6. <laughs> Wow. With no goal or assist. That's amazing. Joseph Mora, 7.5. That just tells me that the sofa score guys were seeing the same thing as I was, because I'm telling you, they played balls out and were awesome. Both fullbacks take a bow. I was, if this team can look like that on the wings in future game matches, we, we are going to finally get some road points and push ourselves in the playoffs for sure. I would keep this 11. This is, talk, this is a great 11. Midfield. Talk. I mean, McNeil's well, in. Well, we can debate on that. I, I like I like this 11 at home. I like the 11 at home. I don't love the McNeil-Bender midfield on the road. I think the queen is taking care of them at the keep. Right? True, and we've talked about that. When they have that. to leave the con- confines of the castle, it's You're not right the there. same when they don't have their protector. Sure. And our next match is at home, so I would say I would expect to see – there could be some rotational rest, but I don't really think so. I think I think we'll send the same guys out there. Maybe, and I think, yeah, because Reyna was a little bit of an early sub, and I think that was with an eye to the weekend for sure. There's a chance Shinyashiki could start over Reyna or Gaines, probably over Gaines, but I do think Gaines is good. I, I do prefer Gaines as the sub. I think Andre should start and Gaines should be the sub. I think Gaines' most valuable trait, which is his speed, is even more dangerous coming in as a sub against tired legs. His, his just advantage gets even that much more buffed. But, and I think Andre has the technical ability that we need in the first hour plus of a match. So I'd like to see that change, I guess. But Latanzio, he does not change winning sides. So I would expect to see the same 11 line up against Chicago unless there's some reason that the guy can't go. And, and while we're talking about SOPA score ratings, just quick shout out to Kyle Swiderski, 8.3. That is absolutely fucking phenomenal for the striker in Charlotte C with only one goal. And no assists. That just goes to show how unbelievable he's played. You mentioned Andre Shinyashiki coming in in the 71st minute. Derek Jones comes in. Yeah. Or Quinn Lo- McNeil. Loved to see Derek Dest- the Destroyer get a chance, a run out right there. That was that was very very cool. What was, uh, you know what, what was Quinn's reception like? What, what how did the fans treat Quinn as he came off the pitch? Standing O, San, standing O. He got he got the love that he deserved and and. And I, I would venture to say that I saw more people sticking around after the match, after the full-time whistle, just to than there normally is. Usually, you know, a lot of people just bounce right out, and there's a 
there's a small contingent that that crowds around and and this it was the biggest contingent that I've seen so far. I mean, it was, everyone was just feeling great and everyone wanted to continue to feed off that energy. And they treated Quinn City like he, you know, like it was his city. And uh, it's just amazing. This guy could, was not drafted. And 10 teams. This is another thing Tom Boger pointed out earlier tonight on Twitter. 10 teams didn't just to bypass their pick. They said, oh, now we're good. We don't need to make a pick in the third round of the MLS Super Draft. And Quinn McNeil's sitting out there the whole time, and we just signed him undrafted. I've said, I think I said this before, that he probably wouldn't be starting on on most of the the top playoff teams, but that might be changing because he is developing. He's getting better and better, and he just provides that physical presence. I still think we need a signing. Zoran really showed us uh, that he's tired of our complaining about uh, bringing in a signing because he said, "You guys want new players? F that! I'm shipping two players out. McCoon, you're gone. <laughs> Ruiz, you're gone. You know, it's like." Uh, so I still believe, though, I think it's I'm more confident now than I ever have been that before the deadline, which is about 24 hours away now, we will. There, there's a very good chance that on this Thursday we could have a new player coming into Charlotte, a young player, an under 22. We'll see. I, there's some names being bandied about, you know, people who know don't want to give up the names, and that's fine. But we'll just be patient. We'll, we'll find out eventually. Real quick, two names that I'd love to see. And the match details, who I'd love to see get some time because these are players. Sometimes it's easy to forget about guys. Al Cigar comes mm-hmm. on to the pitch, 84th minute. Tanzio shows that, okay, we haven't gotten off to a great start together, but you're on my bench. I'm going to use your late matches. And as you develop and as you grow, as you mature, we know you have the skill. We're going to give you some opportunities. Or Danny Rios coming up from Chris Federsky. You love to see him. Danny Rios getting time. You love to see the bouncer come in. And that's what he does. You know, Sverdersky, his time, you know what he did? He had such a great night at the, at the party. He ducked out early. He right. said, you know what? I'm good. Right. You know, I've, I've had yeah. such a, a great night. Danny, can you let me I'm, get me out of this place? It's like Sverdersky left and Danny Rios was ushering him. Right? Yeah, so exactly. It is a, it's like, a different right type this of way, King Carroll. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and Rios had a chance. Rio, Rios had a chance. He could have put a goal in. Alcivar, when he got a corner kick late, like in the 86th, 87th minute, we get a corner kick. Alcivar goes over to take it, and everyone and we start looking at each other. Olympico. Olymp- oh, wait, another Olympico <laughs> coming? Oh, let's go. You know, so so that was great. People have not forgotten. And at this point, getting getting a functional performing Jordi Alcivar back into the mix is almost like a new signing because the guy's been disappeared uh, uh, since Latanzio took over for the most part. And I, you know, again, we need that. We need another player. I feel for depth and everything and, and for someone to come in and be on better than some of the guys we have would be even greater, greater. But like, like I said, Alcivar is almost like becomes a new signing in that regard. If he's going to get back into the mix in, in a situation like this, we'll see. I think he's got a long way to go still with Latanzio. But tonight was a very good step in the right direction for him. Let's put a bow on tonight's match. Even though I could just talk about it for hours. Oh, yeah, you know, for sure. I could, I could talk till 2 in the morning. I could talk, to, well, I, I could talk, I could talk until they're boarding group one of your, of your flight out of there, you know. But. So I, I believe I start boarding in about 35, 40 minutes. So the podcast will end before then. And, and Danny <laughs> Rams, he, he teased, uh, and I did earlier in the show, but you, you just started to get into that conversation about the outgoings and the incoming. So mm-hmm. tell us what you know. What's the latest on Charlotte FC and the transfer window? What I know is that Christian McCoon is gone. We sent him to New England, which I hope he gets a chance to play there. I, I always liked McCoon. I think he wasn't working 
He just he's so nerve wracking when he's on the ball and just like makes people feel like they don't know what he's going to do. And, and that, that's that's not what a coach wants to see. I, fans can kind of like that. You know, I, I loved like his sort of wildness <laughs> in the field, but it's not it's probably not the best thing, especially for an expansion team. So it was great to uh, give him all, a, a, a fresh chance. And now we bring in a, a young player, Adilson Melanda from the French uh, club Rodez, which is in this league two. I, I really don't rate league one that much. So I, I don't, you know, league two is way down on my list in terms of top leagues in the world, but uh, he did, he's a starter for them. So we'll probably look back on this uh, trade in a while, maybe even might take a year, but we're like, man, that was a really good bit of business. You know, McCoon wasn't playing for us and we got this guy, Melanda, who, We'll, we'll embrace him. When he gets here, we'll embrace him. We'll take him in as one of our own, obviously. But Ruiz, it's nothing official, but he wasn't in the 18 tonight. He's obviously gone. Everybody kind of knows what's up with him in terms of being gone. They're, the rumors I heard that kind of ironically or coincidentally, depending on how you want to define it, he's probably going to Granada in Spain. And if you remember, Granada is the team that Darwin Machis played for, who we thought we were going to bring in. So circle of life on that one we did not end up with machi he's now in liga mx playing for fc juarez and ruiz could be headed to granada so just you know kind of funny i hope sergio finds what he's looking for i think he definitely put on a brave face if you ever saw him in interviews he was positive he talked about the things that he enjoyed he always focused on the positive public facing but you get just from what's happened you know there had to be more than that going on behind the scenes, and I don't know what those details are, but I get the feeling that he just wasn't ultimately very happy playing soccer in the United States. I think he liked Charlotte. I just don't think he liked the U.S., and I think he's going back to Spain, and I hope he lives a very happy life and has a great career. Let me ask you a question. Uh, Sergio Ruiz, he's been, he's been making the rounds, doing interviews lately. Was he asked about a departure? Did he hint at potentially leaving the Queen City? During those interviews? No, none that I've seen. Uh, you know, he wasn't even asked about it. Not that I, not that I remember. No, uh, he kind of was maybe protected. Maybe that was a condition of granting the interviews. Hey, don't ask about the transfer rumors. I don't know. I, I can't say, but definitely presented one thing publicly, and then you, like I said, you got the feeling that different stories were being told behind the scenes, and we've seen in the results. So, anything else we need to keep our eye out for? Is, is there because we talk well, about it? A- okay, so here's here's my here's my encyclopedia Brown detective work. So our guy Top Ben, you know, great follower of the team, hit or miss with the reporting sometimes, but we still love him. He retweeted a tweet today. He retweeted himself from May 18th, saying that Charlotte is is getting close to a deal on a young under 22 player that we might bring in. This guy kind of got brought up and then kind of his name like disappeared from the ether. But I'm thinking of this guy from Germany, Mateo Klimovich. Mateo Klimovich. He's like a 21-year-old. He was in the Bundesliga, didn't play much on uh, Stuttgart. And that was the guy whose name kind of surfaced around the same time that Topin first put out that May 18th tweet that he retweeted today. So Jorge likes to be coy, and I get it. He doesn't want to burn sources report information he said that i I talked to him about it face to face and i respect that for sure definitely not talking trash just putting two and two together i have a feeling that might be back in the picture Teo could be our guy because i don't think that we would rapidly in this close to the end of the window turn to a new target and somehow be able to seal a deal really quick 
I think it's more likely that something that we had already been working on may now come to fruition. And I could be wrong, but I wouldn't be shocked to learn to wake up in the morning and learn that Mateo Klimovich is coming to Charlotte FC. So we'll see. And uh, if that becomes the case, then I think it could be a good signing. Again, he, he's kind of phased out of his team in the Bundesliga, but MLS, a little bit lower level than the Bundesliga. We got to admit, uh, you know, it's more physical than the Bundesliga, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. How much longer is the transfer window open? 23 hours, as far as I know. I don't know if it expires at midnight on August 4th or at like 7 p.m., to be honest. But as of it's right now, up. it is officially August 4th. <laughs> yeah, as we're recording this on a late, late Wednesday night. So uh, it's August 4th. It's about to be – it's an hour away from August 4th where you're at, and it's been August 4th for an hour where I'm at. So somewhere in that zone, and I forget, I'd have to look up if the deadline goes till midnight or if it, if it closes in prime time. There is, of course, the chance – we can sign anyone after the deadline who's a free agent. This is a transfer window, so this is, we can only bring in guys who are transferring from other clubs in this window. There's free agents out there that we could still bring in after the deadline, so we'll see. We'll, we'll see if that happens. Again, you've seen so many new – MLS players come in in the last two weeks. Teams are signing guys, bringing in guys for depth, for playoff runs. And I just know that this, the, if, as great as tonight feels and as much as I expect to get a win against Chicago on Saturday, and that's going to be great if it comes to fruition, I know that the next month and a half, the August stretch, the September stretch, it's going to start to wear on the guys. There's some guys that will start to break down. More, You know, Athol's old. Mora's not young, and these guys are logging serious, intense minutes in the heat, and we're going to have to start to rely, rely on our depth, just like all MLS teams do, to, to make their playoff pushes. And it's good. It feels good to be in a playoff push, though. I got to say, like, I've always been hesitant to really embrace our position on the table because of games in hand and because of the way we looked in certain situations. But thanks to the, the lightning delay against Columbus now, we actually kind of flipped the script, and we're, we're the ones with the game in hand on a few teams and things like that. So that's kind of nice. We You know where you stand with games in hand, as, uh, as my boy John Hayes coined that phrase one time. So uh, I'm happy to see it. I think we're going to make the push. I'm finally embracing, okay, we have a chance. We have a realistic shot to push our way into the playoffs now. And I hope I don't, I'm not seeing a different tune in two weeks. Danny Brands, we, we started this journey in February on the Charlotte Soccer Show. Uh, we're here now in August. It's been an unbelievable season. You can follow the show, and please do that on Twitter if you listen to this long in the podcast. I guess you probably already do follow us, but if you don't, follow at For the Crown Baby. Follow at John Hayes on air. Follow at Danny Brands. We, we love to keep up the conversation there. You'll get our post-match thoughts. You'll get our pre-match thoughts. You'll get our in-match thoughts mm -hmm. um, there as well. And you mentioned the transfer window closing here in the next 24 hours. A match on Saturday, again at home. Three games in, in eight days in Charlotte. It's too bad that game against Columbus didn't have him with a W because we'd be looking at a potential nine-point, eight-day span. That's more than a point a day. Mm -hmm. But instead, I'll take six. I'll take we did. Six, Danny Brands. We did. We did leave our mark on Columbus though, because they ran. They had another lightning delay. They played at home against Montreal tonight, and had about a, a one and a half hour delay in the seventy fifth minute, and they were up one nil when that delay hit, and they subbed out their best player Lucas Zelarayan, and they came back and they conceded a goal very quickly to Montreal. And then they conceded a stoppage time goal to Montreal and lost a game that they thought they were going to get three points of kept. That was a huge result for us in terms of points being stolen away from Columbus, a team that we're chasing. 
So I, I like our chances. Now it becomes a huge six pointer against Columbus when we on the that could we could that restarted match where we pick it up in the 17th minute on October 5th against Columbus at the keep, which is, I know you have some issues with that and probably a lot of people do, but that could literally be a play-in game. That could be a player. Like that could be a win. The winner goes to the seventh spot in the playoffs, depending on how other results go. So it's, it's nice to know that we're, you know, we had an impact. We, we, we roughed Columbus up a little bit in that 15 minutes, I guess, because they, they lost their ability to finish a match and that's great. I'll finish the show since you teed me up with the rant. And that is simply this. I believe this in all walks of life, Danny Brams. It's always best when common sense prevails. And to reschedule this match months after it started and act like the first 16 minutes matters when it's nil-nil, I understand that the MLS has to, in a rule book, create rules but why they don't have a clause in that rule book that states if the match is 0-0 with less than 20 or 25 minutes played, it's a restarted match. The fact that that's not in the rule book is a swing and a miss. And the fact that both teams can't just come together and say, hey, let's just start this thing over. It's 0-0. Everybody's fresh. This happened literally more than two months ago. Mm -hmm. it's absurd it's ridiculous and what it does is it fucks the fans because people are going to show up to that match and they're going to get less than 75 minutes of soccer and that's bullshit yeah and think if if you're a columbus fan and it is a huge impact game are you going to travel down here from ohio for the second time this year to see a a 60 minute match you know I, I i don't know uh I don't know how many are, so that could actually work in our favor, I guess, if, if none of them show up. But it is not fair for, for their fans. I, I actually have some I don't care. Are- Danny Rams, Danny Rams, <laughs> please. Don't give a shit about Columbus Crew fans. I thought, I thought you were speaking universally. I thought you were, uh, you know, talking about the whole league here. My no, fault. I'm talking about our fans and, and our home atmosphere. All right. Yeah. And the fact that we've got to get in there and be like, oh, great, the match just started, and it's the 17th minute. Mm-hmm. Like – are they going to start it with a free kick or like a, a throw in? You know, no, they're going to start it with a kickoff as if it was a brand new match. Just reset the clock. You're right. You because know? it is a brand new match. Right. Right. Fix it, MLS. You know, fix it. Like, fix your rules and fix your referees. And, you know, like, we got a lot to fix, MLS, to be perfectly honest. We got, we got, you know, Charlotte was getting rough ends of calls again all night tonight the refs were were blowing it it's crazy these mls refs are so bad and everybody knows it mls fix your shit i'm john hayes it's the, it's the charlotte soccer show it's it's a three nil victory at home with the keep i think that's a fun way to finish the episode tonight as i'm as i'm live here at denver international airport it's been an awesome couple days in the mile high city and i'm gonna get thirty thousand feet and i'm gonna get a good night's rest for a couple hours anyway on the flight back to the east coast and danny brams i really appreciate you sticking up this was easy for me man i'm two hours behind you it just turned 11 p.m it's already 1 a.m morning your time and you've had a long day a big night at the keep and i'm just surprised you're sober enough to do this podcast right just barely just barely it's the Charlotte Soccer Show, and tonight, one of the most important things to remember is that it's always for the crown, baby.